Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. By now, I should probably realize that when I start a sentence with, I don't want to open up a can of worms, but I should know that I'm about to say something that I know is going to cause a reaction. I suppose the reason that that doesn't stop me from continuing with the sentence is because I'm not saying it to cause a reaction. I'm saying it because it needs to be said. TV is a funny medium. If you've been on TV for as much and as long as I have, you get comfortable having conversations on the platform. You don't always treat it as a platform for making statements, but see it as a place to exchange ideas. The trouble with that approach is that any piece of an idea you float can quickly become a statement you are making, even if that wasn't your intention. Either one of your co-hosts on the type of shows that I'm on can interrupt and say, wait a minute, and then put the spotlight on some ancillary comment you've made, or people watching and sharing their thoughts on social media can extract a sentence or statement and present it as if that was your entire point. I experienced all that on First Things First the other day. My colleague, Chris Broussard, suggested that the Lakers still have a puncher's chance of making their presence felt in the playoffs, in part because when Anthony Davis is healthy, they are the only team other than the Philadelphia 76ers that can boast two of the top 10 players in the league. That's what Broussard said. It wasn't the only reason Broussard gave for his optimism, but it was one of the last ones. So, I started my comments by saying I acknowledge that his optimism was so robust he should bottle it and sell it because I wasn't sure the Lakers had one top 10 player, much less two. I certainly wasn't going to put Anthony Davis in that category. I got no pushback in saying that. Nick Wright one of the other first things first regulars, 
is as big of a LeBron James fan as there is in the media. He worships and defends all things LeBron. You know this. If you've watched Nick, you know this. Not telling you anything you don't know. Which is why he couldn't let my comment pass without doing what I just described at the top of this podcast. Turning an aside by me into a main statement. Now, there are people that make lists and rankings all the time. I'm not one of those people outside of when I have to do it for a writing assignment or a TV appearance. So when I said I wasn't sure the Lakers had one top 10 player, much less two, it wasn't because I had written a list of the top 10 players that didn't include AD or LeBron. I just made a quick mental note to myself in the moment that LeBron was not in the MVP conversation. And this year's MVP competition is fairly thick. Then I thought about the Lakers' terrible record and being outside of the top eight seeds in the West. Yes, I did all that in, a, in mere seconds, live on TV. My premise has always been that if you're a top 10 player, you should be able to single-handedly put your team among the top 16 of 30. It's why I never had Kevin Love, in spite of his amazing statistics in Minnesota, as a top 10 player, as many people at that time considered him. I don't care how limited the players around that player may be. A top 10 player not only gets his numbers, I'm sure you've heard me say this before, he makes the game easier and facilitates other players scoring and getting assists and having nice box score lines as well. The first two examples that come to mind are Kevin Garnett in Minnesota and Derrick Rose when he was in Chicago. They had no bona fide co-star, but instead a host of role players. Quality role players, role players suited to play beside them, but role players to be sure. KG, after his rookie year, never failed to drag his team into the playoffs. Rose even did it as a rookie. Both even actually made a conference final, but at the very least, they had their teams in the postseason every year. Nick, in his inimitable style, didn't come straight at me with his disbelief or outright disgust that I did not consider LeBron a top 10 player. Instead, he merely asked if I could recall a time when I did not rank the league's leading scorer among its top 10 players, because at the time of the show, earlier this week, LeBron led the league in scoring. I said I could not recall that being the case before, but added that I also could not recall a time when the league's leading scorer played on a team with a record as bad as the Lakers or whose scoring was inconsequential when it came to the team's ability to win. In any case, our exchange prompted some reaction on social media as well, as from Nick, who wanted me to give my top 10. I said I would work on my list and give it to him. I actually was able to do so during our next break. It wasn't that hard. I didn't do it on air. I did it between us. Naming eight players who are better than LeBron right now, no matter how you measure them, individual statistics, team record, place on the MVP ladder, is fairly easy. I don't think there's any need to defend or explain any of them. Only the most devout LeBron fan would even attempt to debate any of these names. Here they are. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, 
Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, John Morant, Carl Anthony Towns. Every one of that eight has operated for the better part of this season without a clear-cut co-star and yet led their teams to winning records while LeBron has led the Lakers to a record 11 games below 500 as I record this. This eliminates any talk of, well, LeBron hasn't had Anthony Davis for a big part of this season. Okay, so he hasn't had his primary co-star. Neither have any of the guys I just mentioned. They either never have had one, or there hasn't been one consistently available. In the case of KD with Kyrie Irving, or Steph with Draymond Green. In Embiid's case, he proved his elite status, leading the Sixers to the exact same level of success without Ben Simmons as he had with him the year before. And all this was well before James Harden came over from Brooklyn. So, at the absolute best, LeBron is in the top 10, but just barely. And I'm being incredibly generous in saying that, because these are the guys still up for consideration for one of those last two spots among the top 10 players in the league. There's DeMar DeRozan, bonafide MVP candidate leading a Bulls team that is 12 games over 500. That's a 23-game swing between DeRozan's Bulls and LeBron's Lakers. Now, admittedly, he's got a co-star in Zach Levine. Or the aforementioned Harden, who isn't scoring or shooting with the efficiency he normally does, but is LeBron's equal statistically as a rebounder and a far more efficient playmaker based on his assist-to-turnover ratio and assist average overall? I know what some LeBron supporters will say. It's not LeBron's fault that his teammates aren't making shots. How can he get an assist when they don't make shots off his passes? That excuse, and it is an excuse, holds absolutely no water. He led the league in assists two years ago when the Lakers were the 11th best offense and were 21st in three-point shooting percentage. Didn't exactly have great shooters then. Yes, they led the league in overall field goal percentage, shooting 1% better than this year's team, but that doesn't account for LeBron's assist average falling off by more than four assists per 36 minutes. This year's Lakers team is 18th in three-point shooting percentage and shoots the three percentage-wise better than that team, the Lakers team, when LeBron was leading, the, leading it in assists, averaging over 10 a game. And no, that's not because LeBron's three-point shooting has improved. He's shooting marginally better from range this year compared to two years ago, and worse than he did last year. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. And then there's his defense. It's atrocious. Far, far worse than even Harden's, which is saying something. LeBron has a negative plus-minus for only the second time in his career. 
Harden has never been in the negative and is a plus three this year, even with all that Brooklyn turbulence. If we add Harden to the top 10, that puts LeBron at 10th. But let's not do that just yet. We've got a couple more candidates to consider. Next up, Jason Tatum. The difference between him and LeBron at this point as two-way players could not be more stark. Tatum is averaging three points less per game, isn't the playmaker that LeBron is even at this stage, but is a whopping plus 11.7 points when he's on the court. That's to the positive compared to LeBron's negative two. Normally, I'd still take LeBron because of his playmaking ability, but he's not really interested or able to provide that this year. So if we're talking about right now, Tatum simply does more. But we're not done. We're not done with potential top 10 candidates. The Phoenix Suns present a quandary. When I gave my snap take list to Nick between segments, I included Chris Paul on my list. Based on what he has done this season when available, I am perfectly comfortable with making him a top 10. He leads the league in assists, and his assist turnover ratio is damn near 5 to 1. He remains a defensive presence, which is pretty amazing at his advanced age. At the very least, he tries to defend, which we simply don't see from LeBron. Chris Paul now, however, has missed the last 15 games. He just got back from a broken thumb. And that would be relevant if he hasn't still played more games than LeBron has this season. 59-54 to 54 at last count. So I'm going to slide CP3 right in there, which puts LeBron at 10th. I should note, LeBron actually benefits from his availability, even if he hasn't always been available. Because if we were just going on players in the league, including, including those who are currently out with injury, there's no way he's in the top 10. Kawhi Leonard would have one of those spots. Paul George, based on what we last saw of him this season, would be in the conversation as would Damian Lillard, who was out, as would Bradley Beal, who was out. I wouldn't put Kyrie Irving in that conversation, but I know plenty of you might, even right now. Just as some of you would put Zion Williamson in that conversation if you were playing. Again, though I wouldn't. Some of you have mentioned Devin Booker as an MVP candidate, which to me is preposterous. The only reason anyone would ever posit that is because CP3 is hurt and the Suns have far and away the best record in the league and have continued to win. That's the only reason. Then, there are the true leaders of other teams that are doing so much more than the Lakers. Jimmy Butler has the heat in first place in the East, and his shouting match with Udonis Haslam and Eric Spolster the other night aside, he has been a catalyst for their success. I mentioned DeRozan as an MVP candidate for how he's helped transform the Bulls, although he and they admittedly have cooled off considerably. The point is, there are close to 20 players who you could make an argument for as a top 10 player in the NBA, and LeBron is certainly one of them. But he's not in the no-question-have-to-be-included group, which accounts for the first eight spots at least, and I would say first nine, including Chris Paul. But because I'm generous, I'm going to leave LeBron at 10th. I don't feel strongly about that, but I also don't feel strongly about the four or five other guys I could slot into it. I could drop a couple guys in 
and make a lot of LeBron fans mad, but I didn't make the original statement to get a reaction, as I said. I made it because the idea that the Lakers have two top 10 talents is absurd when the Lakers are a 500 team, even when they've had both AD and LeBron on the floor. And, as I said before, a top 10 player ought to be able to lead a team at least to contention for one of the first eight spots in a conference. The Lakers are tied for ninth, which is not that far off, but they're four and a half games out of that eighth spot, which belongs to the Clippers, who have been without anything close to a top 10 talent for the better part of the year. That is the definition of overachieving. That is also the team that is keeping LeBron James and the Lakers out of the eighth spot. I would not expect that to be the case for a top 10 player. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And in the next episode, I'm going to take a look at that Miami Heat dust-up, the argument between Jimmy Butler and Udonis and Eric Spolstra, what caused it and what it means as far as the Heat's chances of competing in the Eastern Conference and getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.